All right, let me talk to you today about you are the man. You are the man, and if you are a woman, the title is you are the woman. All right, how about that? This is all-inclusive. I'm an all-inclusive pastor. So you are the man, Father's Day. I, I love being a father. Almost every night we put our kids down to bed, and Tiffany and I uh, stay up later, you know, two or three hours later, and uh, the kids are in bed, and once I get ready to go to bed, I usually always go and check on the kids. So I'll walk in their bedroom and check on them, and I have four precious kids. And you know how kids are, especially little ones, you know. You go in there, and the cover's all kicked off, you know what I mean? They're sideways on the bed. You lay them down like this, and when you get in there like this, leg hanging all off the bed, you know. So so I kind of put them in the bed, right, and cover them back up. And, and sometimes I even lay beside them and just kind of cuddle with them for a few moments. And, and I always leave. Almost every night I feel this. I look at those kids and I go, I can't believe I'm a dad. I can't believe I have this huge responsibility to raise these kids in the fear of the Lord. And I want to talk to you about a man in the Bible who was a great dad. I want to talk to you about a man in the Bible who's oftentimes overlooked. He's oftentimes not preached about. Surely he's not preached about it Father's Day. He's usually overlooked. He's usually talked about doing the Christmas story. And, and even doing the Christmas story, he's kind of referred to because his wife gets all the attention. But today I want to talk to you about a great dad in the Bible, and that is Joseph, the father of Jesus. And I want us to look in Luke chapter number 1, and I'm going to share a couple of more scriptures, but my points are going to come from Matthew chapter 1. If you want to kind of put a finger there, Matthew chapter 1. But I want to begin in Luke chapter number 1 and verse 26. It says, In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, to a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged or engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. Everybody shout, David. I want you to catch that. That's important. A descendant of David, the virgin's name was Mary. It goes on to say in Luke chapter 2 and verse 4, So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged, notice this, Joseph belonged to the house and line of David. Joseph was from the family of David. You say, well, what's so significant that the Bible brings this to our attention that Joseph was from the family of David? And here's why that is so significant, because thousands of years before Jesus was born, there were prophecies about Jesus, the Messiah, and, and the prophecies, and you can see uh, several of those in the Old Testament, that they would prophesy and say that the Messiah was going to come from the line or the family of David. Let me give you one example of this in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 6, this prophecy or foretelling uh, that Jesus is coming. It says, for to us, Isaiah says, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign, check this out, he will reign on David's throne. He's going to come from the lineage of the family of David and reign on his throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. Now check this out. The zeal 
of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. The Messiah will come. The Messiah will come from the line, the family of David. Now, here's what I want you to get from that. Joseph didn't become the father of Jesus by accident. It wasn't a coincidence. It wasn't like, well, hey, there's Mary. She's a good girl. She loves God. She's going to be the mother of Jesus. And oh, by the way, she's engaged to this guy named, named Joseph. And yeah, it's no big deal about Joseph. I mean, if, if, if they don't end up getting married, they break up. No big deal at all. We got our girl. It wasn't like that at all. Friends, God handpicked Joseph because he had to choose a man from the family of David and God chose Joseph. And here's the million dollar question. Why did God choose Joseph? He wasn't royalty. He wasn't famous. He wasn't a king. There were a lot of men from the time Isaiah prophesied this all the way up to when Jesus was born. There were a lot of men from the line of David that God could have chose. There were men alive that day. I mean, cousins and, and uncles and, and father and grandpa that, that God could have chose to say, I want you to be the father of Jesus. But there was some qualities that God saw about Joseph. And he said, I want this man to be the father of my one and only son. I want to entrust the greatest gift to humanity, the son of God, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. I want to entrust him to Joseph's care. And what I want to do today is I want to give you three, three qualities that Joseph possessed and that every father needs to possess. And if you're a mother, that every mother needs to possess. Because we all can get something today from this message. Three qualities that every father needs to possess. Number one is this. God wants us to be men of morals. Men of morals. Check this out in the story and birth of Jesus in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. It says, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, check that out, that's important. Before Joseph and Mary were intimate, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph was her husband, now, now, that may be confusing. You said, I thought they were engaged. Why does the Bible call him her husband? And well, here's the deal. In those days, it's totally different than our culture. They had prearranged marriages. And so they didn't get to choose their spouse. One day, Joseph's parents and Mary's parents, they kind of talked and said, yeah, you know, you give me a lamb. And you know what I'm saying? You can have my girl and you have my boy. Y'all, hey, y'all getting married. I don't think she's pretty. I don't care. Y'all are getting married. That's your husband. That's your wife. Because they thought in that culture that, 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 that young adults weren't responsible enough to make that decision on their own. And I told my kids, I still believe that. Amen. So I'm picking your spouse. Thank you, Jesus. I love the Bible. I love the Bible. I love the Bible. So, so that's what that's referring to, prearranged. Because Joseph, her husband, was a, here's the key word, was a righteous man. And did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. Notice that her husband was a righteous man. Joseph was a man of morals. 
He was a righteous man. He was a man of principles. Did you notice? I read it to you a moment ago. It says that Joseph and Mary, they were not intimate. He honored her. I'm not going to touch you. I'm not going to sleep with you until the day we are married. I don't care what all the other teenagers are doing. I don't care what all the other 20-somethings are doing. I don't care if they're getting in the back of the barn by the donkeys and playing rubby. We're not going to. I'm going to honor you because I'm a man of morals. I'm a man of principles. And I'm going to honor the Lord. And the Bible says that he was a righteous man. And it says this. That when he found out that Mary was pregnant, and he did not know it was by the Holy Spirit at the time, he found out that Mary had been unfaithful to him, he thought. The Bible says that he was going to break up with Mary and call off the marriage. And the reason, the motivation behind it, the Bible says, was because he was a righteous man. And he wanted to please the Lord. He wanted to honor God. He was a man of principles. He was a man of the word. He was a man of morals. I'm going to honor God. And I'm going to break. And Mary, if you want to be with him, you, you mess around with him, go ahead and marry him. I'm going to let you loose from the, 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 the covenant, the vow that we made, our parents made. I'm going to cut it off because I'm a righteous man and I want to honor God. Listen, Joseph was a man of morals and when God looked down and he was looking for a father for his son to, to, to be invested by a man and be raised by a man, he said, oh, I can pick that man because he's a man of morals. And friends, God wants us to be men of morals. He wants us to be women of morals that, that, that honor him, men and women of standards. Men and women that have principles in our, in our lives. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to mess around with you. We're, we're, I know we're dating, but we're not, we're not fooling around. I'm going to honor God. I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to control my body because I'm going to honor the Lord. I don't care what everybody else is doing. I don't care what every other 20-somethings are doing. We're going to honor the Lord. We want his best blessings on our future marriage. And we're going to, I'm not going to be touching on somebody else's future wife. I may, I haven't proposed to you yet. We're not, I haven't said I do. I may not marry you. I'm not going to be touching on somebody else's future spouse. I'm going to honor the Lord. Go ahead and preach by yourself, Pastor. Go ahead and tell the truth. I'm going to be a man of morals. I'm going to be a man of principles. When I do marry you, when I say I do, I'm going to be a one-woman man. I'm not, I'm not fooling around. In the first service, I said a one-man woman. Amen. Help me, help me, Jesus. I'm getting it right this one, though. I'm going to be a one-woman man. And I'm going to honor the Lord. Hey, that's what happened by the fourth time. I really got it down. Praise the Lord. But, but you need to be, come on, I'm just saying, be a man of principles. I don't care what everybody else is doing. Honor God through good times, through tough times. I'm going to honor his word. I'm going to be a man of morals, a man of principle. I'm going to love you to the day I die. We're going to grow old together. If you leave me, I'm coming with you. Honor the Lord. Come on, don't cheat the company. Be a man of morals. A man of principles. Don't lie and gossip and tear down people. Be a man of morals. Be a man of principles. Don't justify your sin. Well, you know, you know, I'm just kind of gray, Pastor. No, no, no. There's some things that are black and white. Come on, be a man of morals. Be a man of principles. God looked at Joseph and he chose him to be the father of Jesus because he had a quality in his life that we all need. And that is he was a man of morals. I want you to see a second thing, a second characteristic quality that we all need. And that is this. God wants us to be men of mercy. Men of mercy. You see, a lot of times people who have morals don't have mercy. And they become religious. They become legalistic. And you know that 
you don't have any mercy when somebody makes a mistake and you want to kill them. You know you don't have any mercy when somebody makes a mistake and you want to throw them under the bus. You don't want to give them a second chance. You want to try to destroy them. Instead of help them, because you got morals, but you don't have any mercy. And then there are people on the other end of the spectrum, and they are people who have mercy, but don't have any morals. And there are people who are on the other extreme. They just, well, it's all about mercy. You just live like you want to live. Do what you want to do, honey child. It's okay. God is merciful. But, but, but Joseph was a man who combined the two, and that's what God wants. Joseph was a man of morals, and he was a man of mercy. Check this out in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 19. It says, because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man. He was a man of morals. He was a righteous man. It says, and did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He was a man of mercy. He found out that Mary, he thought, had been cheating on him. And he was a man of morals. I'm going to be righteous and honor God. But the Bible says that he didn't want to expose her to public disgrace. He said, I'm going to cover you even though you messed up. I'm going to honor you and not throw you out in the street and talk bad about you and ruin your reputation. I'm going to cover you. I'm going to do this thing. Listen, I'm a man of morals, but I'm a man of mercy. And I'm going to cover you even though you've done wrong and you broke my heart and I'm crying and I don't like it and you've embarrassed me. But I'm going to cover you because I'm a man of morals and I'm a man of I'm a man of mercy. And what God needs and what God is looking for is men and women who have mercy and who have morals. And are you a man? Are you a woman of mercy? Do you have mercy on your spouse? Come on, when they mess up, when she messes up, do you have mercy? Are you always trying to destroy them? Tear them down to his mercy. And come on, at the moment you get ready to tear your spouse down, you just remember yourself. You don't have it all together either. You have mercy on your kids. You have mercy. Is this all morals? Do you have mercy? I told you to be home at 10. It's 10.02. You have mercy. You have mercy with those you work with. You have mercy with your family. You know, your cousins and them. Your uncles and them. You answer them. Do you, you, come on, mercy. Mercy. Is this all moral? Is it morals and mercy? With people you work with at, at the schoolhouse, morals and mercy. God is looking for people who have morals and mercy. And God could pick Joseph because God looked at him and he says, I know this is a man not only has morals, but he has mercy and he covered her. Number three is this. There's a third thing that I want you to see, uh, uh, a, a, th- a third quality that we all need to possess, and that is this. God wants us to be men of maturity. Maturity. I want you to see this back in our, our, our text in Matthew 1 and verse 19. It says, because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man. He had morals. He did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had mercy. And it goes on to say, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. He was a man of maturity. And friends, first of all, he was mature in his emotions. The Bible says he was going to divorce her quietly. He was very mature. I mean, can I tell you, that took being mature. I mean, he here he goes, he hears. What? Mary's pregnant. He didn't get all loud. What? You say, what'd you say? Girl, what'd you say? You what? Did you say you ignorant? Did you say you lost your pigment? 
Say it again. You pregnant? What? Oh, they sound. And no, you didn't. No, you ain't sound. He didn't do that. I just wanted to show some of you how you act, what you look like. That's, that's what you look like. That's what you look like. He didn't get all loud. He didn't start screaming and acting ignorant and acting like a fool. No. The Bible says he was going to divorce her quietly because he was mature in his emotions. He wasn't going to throw her under the bus. He wasn't going to ruin her reputation. He didn't get all loud and acting crazy. His girl's pregnant, but he was mature in his emotions. Last Sunday after, after church, my, my wife and I, we were driving home, and my wife was driving my car, and the kids were in there, and I was driving her car. So I was following, following my wife home, and we got home, and we opened up the garage. My wife did. I was behind her in the driveway, and my wife pulled into the garage. And as she was pulling in, she hit the edge of the garage. You know, it's at that moment I, said, I thought, I wish she was driving her car. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? And, and so she backed out, and she started pulling in again. And I started honking at her because she's about to hit the garage again. I'm like, babe, babe, car up. And so she, she pulls in the garage, and, and then I start pulling in. And it's at that moment I, I began to take a deep breath because I'm mad. I'm mad. I'm mad. So I'm like, okay, Lord, nobody's dead. Nobody's hurt. It's just the car. So I get out the car, and then you know little kids. You know kids. Kids get out. Daddy, mama, mama hit the cards. Mama hit. I know. I know. I know. I saw it. I was behind you. So, so I, I walk over. You know, you're thinking, ah, she just kind of hit the garage. It's, it can't be that much damage. You know? I walk to the front of the car, and I look, and I'm like, it looked like Godzilla hit our car. I'm like, what? how did that happen? You just touched the garage. And I kept my cool, and, and I just said, I just, you know, I asked one question. I said, babe, were you texting or on the phone? She goes, no, no, I, was, I wasn't. And I was, so I just went in the house, and I didn't say nothing. I just got in the shower, put on some praise music, took a shower, and talked to the Lord. Got out the shower, didn't say nothing. Because let me tell you now, now, let me tell you. I used to, back in the day, I'd get sarcastic. Anybody ever have the spirit of sarcasm come all over you? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Baby, do you need some more glasses? I mean, you know what I'm saying? You, your contact's working? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Now, I, used, I would do that two or three years ago. But now, the car is wrecked. <sighs> Mature in emotions. Don't lose it. Keep you calm. Nobody's dead. The kids are all right. Mama's still good. The Bible says this, the Bible says this, James chapter 1 and verse 19, mature in emotions. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak. Come on, look at your name and say, hush up. That's your problem. You talk too much. That's why don't nobody like you. That's why you always got problems. That's why you can't get along with no, you talk too much. Go ahead and preach, pastor. Go ahead and tell the truth. Sometimes you gotta you gotta learn to be quiet, be slow. You don't have to say everything you think. 
slow to speak and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. God wants us to be people who are mature with our emotions. I just found out that my lady is pregnant, but I'm going to be cool and divorce her quietly. There's a second thing that I want you to see about maturity, and that is this. Joseph was mature in his responsibilities. Mature in his responsibilities. It was, it was three or four weeks ago I was in the barbershop getting a, getting a haircut, and there was some barbershop talk going on, going on with a few of us, and, and one of the men started to tell a story about two guys that he knows, and he says, yeah, I was talking to this one guy, and he said that, that he was mature, but, but the, his friend was responsible. And he started describing, you know, I'm mature, you know, now I don't get to work on time and stuff, but I'm mature. And now him, you know, he gets to work on time, but he is not responsible. And I was listening, I was like, what? That didn't make any sense. Because maturity and responsibility go hand in hand. You can't say you're mature unless you're responsible. And if you're responsible, then you're mature. You can't have one without the other. And friends, can I tell you, Joseph was a man of maturity because he was a man of responsibility. In today's culture, we would say Joseph handled his business. He took care of business. Joseph was willing to raise a child that was not his. Maturity. I'll take on the responsibility. I'm going to go into the marriage already knowing that. You have to understand the culture as well. See, sometimes we try to put this into 21st century culture. You have to understand that culture. I mean, here Joseph is in a culture, man, that is not like ours today, and he is willing to raise a child that is not his. And matter of fact, can I tell you, in that day, most people did not believe when Jesus was born that he was the Messiah. They didn't believe that. I mean, here, here, here Joseph is. He's having conversations, you know, with some of his friends a few years later, and they see, I mean, Joseph had several kids, and a couple of boys or so, and some girls, and, and they're seeing all Joseph's kids. Hey, Joseph, man, hey, man, hey, man look at you and all these kids. You're just blessed. Oh, yeah, look, look at all my kids. Joseph, are, are those all your kids? Yeah, yeah, they are. Well, I mean, sort of. Sort of. My, my oldest one, Jesus, Mary was a virgin, and she got pregnant by God. I'm serious, man. I'm ser- no, I'm serious. The shame, the embarrassment, the ridicule. But Joseph was responsible. He said, I'm going to raise Jesus. I'm going to raise God's son. And I'm going to love him. I'm going to provide for him. I'm going to invest in him. Because I'm a man of maturity. And a mature man is a responsible man. And friends, can I tell you, men of God, I want you to rise up and I want you to be men of maturity that honor God by picking up your responsibilities. I say this to our, our fellows. Listen, if you're dating her and you're messing around with her, marry her or break off the relationship. Or stop it. Stop it. Honor her. Honor her. Listen, if you're living together, get married. Honor her. Honor her. Well, Pastor, if I say I do, then, then, then I'm legally bound. That's the idea. That's what I'm... It's responsible. That's what I'm talking about. It's being responsible. Yeah, yeah, you on the hook, my brother. Come, I'm just saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, responsible. Come on, don't buy into culture. God's called us to be men of maturity. And maturity means we own our responsibility. Come on, be, be a man of maturity. Come on, work. Keep a job. Provide for your family. 
Come on, don't tell me you're playing Xbox training for the Xbox tournament. That's not good enough. Get, you got to have a J-O-B and provide. Come on, be a father, be a provide for your family. A man of maturity picks up his responsibilities. Come on, sacrifice your wants for your family's wants and needs. That's maturity. I remember when Tiffany and I were just married and living here in Oklahoma City, started People's Church in the early days. We didn't have any kids. And I used to play uh, PlayStation 2 with some of the guys in the church. And we used to play a lot of John, John Madden football, NFL football. And well, I used to wear them guys out. They don't want none. You don't want pastor to come. Okay, I'll quit all that. I, but, but I used to play with them. And I, I mean, had a blast playing, building relationships, having fun. And my first child was born, Kel. And I was still playing a lot. And I was still uh, I was doing a lot of playing and practicing at home so I could be good for the tournaments when we played each other. And I'll never forget Kel craw- crawling over. And he started throwing a fit because his daddy was spending more time on a machine than with this newborn baby. It was at that moment my heart was gripped. I laid down the joystick. I got rid of the, quit playing PlayStation. And I started spending my time with my boy. I didn't get to hang out with the fellows anymore. I didn't play NFL football anymore. But I was a man of maturity. And I take up my responsibility. And that's to invest in this little guy and to shape his life. What I'm saying, what I'm saying, men of maturity are men of responsibility. Joseph, yeah, I'll raise the child, God. I know it's your son and all, but I'm going to marry Mary. I'm going to raise the child. I'm going to provide for him. I'm going to invest in him because I'm a man of responsibility. I know you see that in my life, God. I'm a man of responsibility. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 13 and verse number 11. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Come on, everybody shout, grow up! I I didn't say look around and say it. Don't be looking around. (laughs) Number three is this. He was mature in his faith. Mature in his faith. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 20 says this. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, appeared to Joseph and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Here's the command. I know she's pregnant. I know you want to leave her, but I want you as commanded. Take her as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to take You are to give him the name Jesus. It's not an option. It's command. Name him Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did. Everybody shout, he did. I want you to see how he was mature in his faith. He did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. And he took Mary home as his wife. He got married. Verse 25, but he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son. When I read that this week, that messed with me. I'm like, he got married and could not be intimate with Mary until she gave birth to Jesus? Come on, God. I mean, come on. Come on now. Metamorals. And he gave him the name Jesus as God commanded. Joseph was mature in his faith. Why? Why was he mature? Because he believed the word of the Lord and he did the word of the Lord. He was obedient to the word 
of the Lord. He, he believed the word of the Lord and he obeyed the word of the Lord. And God is looking for men of maturity who will believe the word of the Lord and who will obey. So many people say, I believe it, but they don't do it. If you believe it, you got to do it. If you're going to be a man of maturity, believe the word of the Lord and obey the word of the Lord. Like scriptures like, love your wife like Christ loved the church. Lay, lay down your life for your wife. Don't just believe it. But obey the word of the Lord and start treating her like a princess. Start honoring her like a queen. Lay your life down for her. Come on, obey the word of the Lord. Start raising your kids in the fear of the Lord. Come on, start taking your kids to church. Come on, come on, be, come, I'm a man of mature in faith. My kids are going to be raised in the house of God. Come on, let your kids see you being mature in your faith by picking up the scriptures and reading it. By reading the Bible, by praying, by, by worshiping. You know, it, it's been recently my kids, you know, as, as they've gotten older now, some, some, uh, a few of them are older now and kind of grasp the God thing. Of course, two of my boys are getting baptized next Sunday. And, and I spend my time praying in the mornings. I pray in a chair in the living room. And my kids are not allowed to get up till 7 o'clock, but sometimes they'll come out early and have an accident or something happened. or And they'll come out and... My kids started coming over and, and watching me, and a lot of times I send them back to their room, but there are some times while I'm praying and seeking God, I'll say, come on over, and they get in my lap. I say, I've been praying for you this morning. I just keep reading the Bible and keep praying, and I think, wow, my kids are one day going to look back and say, what I remember in the mornings when I came out of my room is my daddy was calling on the name of the Lord. Mature in faith. Lead, the, lead your family spiritually. Lead your family. Lead your family to the things of God. Come on, can I talk to you men? Can I talk? Can I challenge you? In a culture of selfishness, in a culture of greed, in a culture of meism, in a culture of it's all about me and being stingy, would you honor God? Honor God in the area of your finances. Be a man that goes against the culture and say, you know, I'm going to honor God. I'm going to be honor God with generosity. I'm going to be a man that obeys the word of the Lord. And I'm going to tithe. I'm going to return the time. I'm talking to brand new believers. You may have gave your life to the Lord last week, two weeks ago. Would you put God first in the area of your finances? I challenge you. The 90-day tithe challenge. Invite God's blessings. Let your kids, let your wife see you man up and say, baby, we're going to honor the Lord. We're going to be tithers. We're going to be generous. We're going to give offerings. We're going to help the poor. We're going to serve people. I'm going to be a man of mature faith. Come on, love God. Love God with everything. Love him with your whole heart. Come on, Seth, come on. No more one foot in the church and one foot in the world. Come on, men of God. Get sold out to Jesus. Seth, love God with all your heart. Be men of the word. Be men of principles. Be men of standards. Be men of the word of God. Love God and love people. Love people. Have mercy on people. Forgive people. Be gracious to people. Be kind to people. Let people know when you're wrong. Be a man of mature faith. Love God. Love people.